Well, we're back. The first Not The Jordan Show of 2024. If you need a quick reminder, it's a show where we discuss some of the biggest stories in football, not just City-related. Thankfully, it feels like the last month or two has been a time where we've just been able to focus on the football, from a City fan's point of view at least. And there hasn't really been a great deal to talk about besides the matches and the return of De Bruyne. However, that never really lasts very long, does it? It doesn't really go too long without some sort of controversy. Joining me this week, I have for the first time in a long time on Not The Jordan Show, I think he's only missed one episode, but it has been a long time. It's Asan. Good afternoon, Asan. How are you doing? Afternoon, mate. Have, um, have you been? I've been very well. I'm, I'm delighted to be back on Not The Jordan Show, and I'm delighted with the, with the main topic today. It's, it's one that I, our regular listeners will know that I like to get stuck into. Mm, and it's uh, it's perfect for Not The Jordan Show because it's not strictly City-related, no. but it definitely is City-related. <laughs> so with that in mind, we are also joined by Andy. Good afternoon, Andy. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Uh, really nice to to be on with you guys. I've been on quite a few, but um, my good friend, Mr. Steve Tudor, is normally there. And so it's my first one without him. So uh, hopefully you'll be as nice to me as he is. Yeah, well, we'll hold your hand through it, through what is uh, <laughs> quite a devastating topic, I imagine, um, relatively speaking. I was going to say Andy might be a name that the listeners recognise from the Premier League show. And if you are eagle-eyed or eagle-eared, you will know that Andy is an Everton fan. And that gives you a very strong indication of what our main topic of discussion is today. Because Everton, along with Nottingham Forest, have been charged with breaching the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. It's the second time Everton have been charged with a breach. The first resulted in a 10-point deduction relating to the 21-22 season. And the severity of the punishment for this most recent breach relating to last season is yet to be handed out. So Everton are in something of a purgatory, having already been handed out one punishment this season. Very rough for Everton supporters, which is why, Andy, I just want to start with asking you from just a human level and a fan level, how are you feeling at the moment as an Everton fan? It's, it's getting to the stage where I'm a little bit numb to it all, really, um, because it seems to be, you, as an Everton fan at the moment, you get through one crisis and you think, oh, that's hard to take, but you find a way of taking it on the chin and moving forward, and then something else comes around the corner. Um, I think I think there's a general consensus though throughout the footballing world, no matter like who your allegiance is, that Everton are getting treated pretty harshly and unfairly right now. Um, and I think it's exposing kind of the greed that exists at the top of the Premier League. Um, ultimately, if that ends up being the final result, Everton get the majority of their points back and we end up seeing some movement on the powers that be, it could ultimately be a good thing. But right now it feels as if uh, Everton are the one taking the majority of the, of the punishment for what will hope to be the betterment of the game all round. Mm, and of course, Everton are the are the first team really to see the punishment of these new profit and sustainability rules, uh, breaches or charges, even though other clubs such as Manchester City 
um, have been charged by the Premier League. Obviously, different sorts of charges, but uh, I think that's obviously contributing to the feeling of discontent and a lack of justice for Everton fans. Asan, I think we're both sat here listening to Andy with an acknowledgement that as City fans, one day in the not too distant future, and I hope this isn't the case, but we could be feeling a very similar way, if not worse, when our day of judgment comes. Now, there's no sand in Manchester, but I've got my head firmly buried in the concrete or the canal um, with regards to any sort of outcome to, to City's charges. Does these developments, do these developments and news relating to Premier League charges and breaches trigger worry and anxiety for you? Because for me, it does. And I try to keep it out of my mind. I think City fans so far have been fairly good at thinking positively and not letting it affect our view of the future and what that may hold. But... You know that it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that we are on the wrong side of of one of these charges and um, suffer the consequences. How does it make you feel seeing the likes of Everton and Nottingham Forest take, get these punishments? So, I guess there's two two major strands to that question. From from the sort of how do I feel from looking at Everton, looking at Forest, um, I feel a lot of uh, sympathy for the supporters um i find myself a little bit um as weird as this may sound city have always been the underdogs for me and so i sort of look at clubs like everton and forest as similar to city and that, that they're underdogs and and to find themselves on the wrong end of a points deduction based on um I guess the polite way of putting. I'm not really. I, I don't really. I don't really see how you create financial rules that have sporting sanctions. I think that uh, even as a, a, a as an idea, as a kind of uh, a general way of being, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's particularly legitimate. Uh, a particularly legitimate way to deal with what this effectively is. I think one of the one of the things that I think there's a difference between the idea of, well, they broke rules and they should be punished. All right, fine. I think that anybody in any walk of life can get behind the idea that if the rules are in front of you and you get caught breaking them, there's going to be a punishment for them. But in the same way as I'm not going to jail for speed in 60 in a 50 zone right uh, clubs should not be getting point deductions for spending x amount over some arbitrary number that the premier league have decided is an acceptable amount of losses so that's my evertonian forest side the city side of it i'm surprised at you and i'm surprised that you feel nervous i think one of i feel very calm i don't feel particularly concerned by um, the noise that circles City and, and these charges because I think that you know Stefan is a very Stefan somebody who contributes to this podcast often Andy um, is very well versed 
in the legal side of the Premier League's rules and how they're enforced and what City have been charged with. And the reality is that what City have been accused of by the Premier League cannot really be decided by an independent commission. I think it's... I think the league have given the independent commission a little bit of a hospital pass because they're basically saying, we think Manchester City and its directors have committed wholesale fraud, financial fraud, at a level that is unprecedented in the history of, of British kind of financial law. It's unprecedented, right? They've committed fraud on that level and we want you to prove it. I don't really that doesn't really make me nervous if you were to say to me like do you think city are guilty or innocent well i think they're innocent why because i think that even if you take yourself back to 2010 and 2011 and go city might have done x or y in 2010 or 2011 to try and circumvent a certain aspect of financial fair play regulations back then i think you're going to struggle to prove that the directors lied to the auditors who then lied to the tax man etc etc i just i think the there is there is no connection in from a, a, a legal point of view between what's happened to Everton and Forest and potentially what's going to happen to City. Now that's none of that is to say that there isn't a world in which the independent commission decide to open up their own can of worms and go, well, we think Khaldun lied, we think Simon Pierce lied, we think the fella Etislat lied, we think Rob Roberto Mancini lied, we think Roberto Mancini's agent lied, we think that Yaya Torre lied, we think that Torre's agents lied, we think that the head of uh, um, the president of, of, uh, of finance at Etihad lied. We think all of these highly respectable people lied, and therefore Man City are guilty, and we're going to punish them with X. But I mean, if you make, if you decide that all of those people lied, well, then you've opened up a whole other can of worms with very, very, very serious consequences, not least of which would be the in integrity of the Premier League as an institution would forever be destroyed because they essentially will have taken their most successful club over the last 10 years and then chop their head off and gone, we, 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 we don't want you around anymore, so you're out. And I just don't see how... I don't, I don't envisage a happy ending for the league, whatever happens. And I envisage the lesser of two evils is going to be the independent commission going, we can't prove any of this. We... On the face of it, we've asked all of these guys if they lied, and they all said, no, they didn't lie. And we don't have a smoking gun, and we don't have a whistleblower, so we have no way of proving that they did lie. And that ends the commission, and City go about their business, and that'll be the end of all of this kind of, this decade-long sort of desperate attempt to shut City down. That's That's what I think. But yeah, no, I don't. That for all of those reasons, no, it doesn't make me nervous. Well, I really hope you're right. <clears throat> it's definitely filled me with a bit more confidence just hearing it. And um, 
yeah, I shouldn't be used as a representation of all City fans because as long-time listeners will know, if we had to play the Premier League's lawyers in a playoff match, even with De Bruyne, I'd still find a way to worry about them beating us. So uh, pessimism is one of my strongest traits, not one of my best traits. But yeah, I can't lie, I do feel a bit of anxiety regarding it. I think as the Everton and Forest cases have shown and will potentially show, um, even if one or two of those charges, of those 115 charges, are viewed as positive, not positive, as, you know, as accurate, as, as City have breached rules, they can be catastrophic for a football club. So I won't relax until it's over. The idea that City are cleared of 115 charges, as much as I'm desperate for it to happen, um, feels at this stage far-fetched, probably given the media coverage and the attitude towards it in the wider football world. But hopefully it is a reality when that day comes. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. For now, I, I will continue to worry about City's long-term future until this is totally out of the way. Andy, uh, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in what Asan just said. Before we get on to the, his, the first part of his answer, which was to do with the sporting punishment given for the breaches, I just intrigued, without throwing you to the dogs or the lions, um, given this is a Manchester City podcast, uh, but I think it would be ignorant to ignore the attitudes of, of a fair portion of Everton fans um, regarding Manchester City and the fact that Everton have been dealt with first and City with a more comprehensive and significant list of charges. Um, do you feel any resentment towards City in the way that this case has been handled by the Premier League or are you accepting of the fact that because City's case is far more complicated and there's far more to go through and examine, um, it's just naturally going to take longer? And I, obviously, I can only speak for myself on this, but I have no resentment at all towards Manchester City. Right answer. Well done, Andy. You can stay on the pod. <laughs> but I think... I think it's well played by the Premier League. When I say well played, I, I don't mean that in the in the truest of sense. But they, this is exactly what they want because they are completely unfit for purpose. They are, unfortunately, with any organisation where there is so much money and so much power, there comes a huge amount of greed. Now, by doing it the way that they've done it, they know that they they the tribalism with all of our fans. They get us all to turn on each other blame each other and say, well, you broke the rules, you should have done this, well, you've done more, and distract away from, pardon my French, the complete shit show that they are. So I, I'm of a generation of, I watched like Manchester City, you know, I fell into football in 1990 and I've got a really strong recollection of Manchester City from probably from about Peter Reid's time onwards. So I've seen Manchester City have to make decisions on selling players to try and get in another player to try and push them forward, like letting Colin Hendry go to bring in Keith Curl, for an example, which, you know, Keith Curl was great for you, but obviously Colin Hendry went on to do things, but they were in a position where they couldn't afford both. And then they go through a phase where they're looking to find little gems, and obviously they found a few in, like, Georgie Kinkadze, and then things go wrong, and they drop down the leagues to what is now League One, and they've still got one of the best fan bases across the country. They then watch the team fight their way back through. Now... Manchester City, like Everton, have always had to contend with the fact that it's a game of the have and have-nots and you find a way to deal with it. I've never been 
me personally have been worried about what people have. It's just, for me, that's football. And then they bring in FFP. In my opinion, it was to stop, it was to try and stop Manchester City becoming the force, what they have become now, but also to stop other teams becoming a force. Now, they got there too late with Manchester City. Manchester City were able to have maybe two or three goes at it, make, get a few things wrong before they got everything right. And then FFP came in. Obviously, teams like Everton, they throw the the money that we spent. We pretty much had one go at it. We threw money at it for two seasons. We spent money terribly. But we've actually pretty much even on our transfer spend for the last five years. And we're actually in a profit for the last three years. If you go back seven years or six years, that's where we wasted our money. And we're still paying the price for that, trying to get back in line with FFP. Um, But FFP was sold to the fans as a way to stop a Portsmouth happening to say, you guys, you, you know, we're doing this to protect you so you don't go to administration. But it's not. It's the ring fence, the money for their two biggest marketable assets, which are Liverpool and Manchester United. Because when they go and sell their rights to places like China, to the, the Middle East, this is where they have such a huge stronghold on the fan base. This is where, where people spend their money. So they're finding a way to protect those clubs. And I just... I just hope that throughout all of this, um, what comes out of it is it kind of gets broken down. Um, and just uh, alluding to what Asan said before as well about not being worried about Manchester City. My only worry for Manchester City would be is I don't think it's a, it's a particularly well-hidden secret that there's people high up and very powerful in the game who are not happy with Manchester where Manchester City are. And I think they will do their very best to try and put one or two punctures into you. Whether they can or not, obviously, is what remains to be seen. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.